Welcome to Diary of a Crowdfunded Film, proudly in collaboration with Brick Studios. I'm Jose Pusella. Join me as I take you on this audio journey with Heath Davis on the making of his new crowdfunded film, Christmas. Welcome back to this third episode of Diary of a Crowdfunded Film and second take, uh, the in-joke we reveal later, bringing you the audio equivalent of the special features on a DVD in this series dedicated to the fourth film by Heath Davis titled Christmas. As always, I'm Jose, not to be mistaken with my brother and firefighter Hosby, and I own my puns, people. And once again, I'm joined by seasoned Santa Wrangler and indie cinema's Mr. Mum, Heath Davis. Hello, sir. Thank you. <laughs> And how were the Mother's Day celebrations in the Davis household? Oh, they, they were amazing. Um, they get better every time I tell the story. Um, <laughs> deja vu, it seems, with this question. Deja vu. It was, yeah, it was great. You know, we had some, I bought the flowers and I brought the champers. So that was good. Um, and then we went over to the mother-in-laws and we opened the champers and we shared it um, with the brother-in-law. And uh, yeah, we had a good good day, just sort of chilling and and drinking and enjoying one another's company. There's a little nap in there as well, um, which is always good though, because when I go to a way to make a film, the film takes over your life, so you've got to get the you know earn the good the good points and get in the love bank early. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to let the listeners in on the deja vu joke. Uh, I had forgot to record. We were probably I don't know, hopefully about five minutes in. So. Thank you very much, Heath. And um, we'll move on. So I just wanted to say a belated happy Mother's Day to all mothers, past, present and future for Sunday 9th of May. And to my mother, love you vieja. And thank you for the delicious gnocchis. And before we dive in, let me get some housekeeping out of the way. There's a saying, death, taxes and childbirth. There's never a convenient time for any of them. Margaret Mitchell gone with the wind. But the time for becoming a backer to Heath's film, Christmas is now. And getting a perk couldn't be more convenient. Just visit www.indiegogo.com forward slash projects forward slash Christmas hashtag and choose your level support with a simple click. And if you've listened to the show and enjoyed the second episode as much as Heath enjoyed his childhood all-nighter Chrissy Cricket games, then please subscribe, like, and if so inclined, leave a review as it helps us grow this community with people like yourselves. So in our second episode... You held the table read on the 30th of April, and you noted that cohesiveness amongst the cast was incredibly positive. Were you surprised at how well Hannah Joy was able to find her groove with Susan Pryor and Steve Lamarkin, two very established Aussie actors? Yeah, yeah, I, I was, because she really didn't know what to expect. I had an instinct. Um, I'm very sort of instinctual when it comes to my directing, but I, I just had a feeling she'd sort of grasp it, and we'd had some conversations, so... Um, we sort of were on the same page a little bit, but um, what's cool when you're working with an untrained actor or somebody who's really raw is they don't really know what to expect. So they just sort of dive in and she's such a, you know, brave performer if you've seen their bands. So she likes a challenge. She just likes new experiences, just immerse herself into it. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just really organic and it was just really natural and that really... Uh, helps the more experienced actors too. It sort of, um, I don't know, it sort of disarms them a little bit. It gets them back to their roots and to why they're actually doing it to begin with and where they were, were when they were starting. So sure. there's always a good, um, I don't know, there's always some magic that happens when you throw in an experienced person with a, um, a with a, you know, a, a novice of sorts and um, they just find this sort of middle ground. It inspires and sort of, 
and, and you know, fuels the fire in both parties. So, you know, it was, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was cautiously optimistic, but, um, yeah, surprised how sort of natural the, the dialogue sounds and she was picking up the rhythms even on a read. And, um, but, yeah, you know, we were excited. So um, I'm really looking forward to, get, to moving forward. Did you approach Hannah during the writing and development of her character? Well, yeah, I, I did. I mean, we didn't really know each other, but I love the band. That I I used to do a lot of music videos, so I know a lot of music uh, musicians from back in the day. And then, um, you know, I just they're artists, and music is really integral to the, my stories, and especially getting the to the emotional core of things and the sensibilities. I just think there's nothing uh, better than the right piece of music that can sort of uh, you know, it's po- it's poetry that can just encapsulate an emotion. So um, I was listening to a lot of the band, and when I was writing this, I just was writing this character. I don't know, she, her look, um, just the music and the songwriting. It was all sort of, um, you know, in the DNA of of what I was of what I was creating with this character of Joy, which her name's Hannah Joy, and Joy is a obviously a Christmas. Uh, you know, name or sorts, and and then I kind of just coldly hit her up and said, "Hey, Anna, how are you?" We've been, you know, she knew of my work, and I was like, "Hey, I don't even know if you're interacting, but I'm writing something, and I got you in mind." And she's like, "Oh my god, wow, that's amazing! I'd love to read it." So, and I'd kind of a few months earlier had sort of told her that, "Hey, I'm thinking of writing something," and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and. I'm sure, you know, people hear that and they never think anything's going to come of it. And sure. So when I was really writing something, I said, hey, I'm halfway through this thing. I'm going to send you something soon. Are you going to read it? And she was like, oh, my God, I, I think she just thought I was full of shit. And, so, <laughs> um, and then I delivered it and I said, hey, hey, I've got something for you to read. She's like, wow, I'd love to read it. So I guess it's not every day, especially for someone who's not in the sort of film television world that, you know, someone writes you something. Um, so, and then, you know, I said, here it is, send it to her. And she just replied in like three or four days and just said, I love it. I want to, I want to talk about it. Let's, and so we got together and that's sort of how it worked. But that's kind of been my casting process from day one, to be honest. So even with short films. Uh, you were mentioning previously that you'd written the role specifically for Hannah Joy in mind, knowing that there's a significant component for her and that you mentioned it has the potential to produce a Lady Gaga Star is Born moment on a small scale. Um, I was wondering if you could elaborate further on that comment or does it, or would it be giving too much away? Uh, look, I, I, I actually, because I really wanted this to feel raw and real and true and music and Christmas to me are really, you know, are synonymous. So I'm just... I remember sort of regaling with my family and having sing-alongs and all those moments where um, the household would play songs and a lot of them were a bit mortal and even. And I kind of knew I wanted to have an element of music in this, but I wanted it. And then when I was talking, thinking to talking to myself, which I do quite a lot uh, internally, um, about how I would actually manifest this, I was like, do I approach an actor? who could be a musician, right. which is probably the easier way. But then I'd be like, well, you know, a lot of actors are so-called musicians, but the music wouldn't be so strong. And then I was more excited by the fact that I could get a musician 
uh, writing these songs and I thought she could connect to the character and that'd be really kind of powerful. And, and, and this is really, I got a lot of musician friends and I know their struggle and I just thought I really want to encapsulate the life of a musician at this time. Um, and I thought it would be more interesting and more of a challenge and a discovery because I like to discover things and not just, you know, drink go through the same old, same old casting choices. And I thought, wow, then they got this following. I think she could be really good. The, I know the camera loves her from all the music videos she's done and interviews. Sure. And I just had this feeling that I'm like, okay, well, she could really be a, a complete breath of fresh air if we can pull this off. And I know the music was going to be a no-brainer and I've already seen, um, you know, she's done a few brief auditions with just – some songs and you know and now she just riffed into a couple of things and I was like wow that's just so good so I, those moments I thought would be so strong and stand out that we don't get them enough in indie films especially Aussie indie films I I can't remember another movie that's going to have these moments um, and I just thought she's going to know how to you know play this character and be this character because she is a musician and. Uh, and then we had a lot of conversations and, and I realised, wow, there's a lot of this character that I created that she can connect to. Um, and then I realised the tr- strength of this is going to be the rawness. So I really wanted somebody raw um, playing opposite the two uh, two more experienced actors. So um, that was the angle that we t- that, that I sort of have taken. Um, and so far, so good. It's a very interesting approach. Um, and that rawness that you're saying that she's going to bring it sounds like it'll elevate and it also informs the character at the same time. Yeah, and that's that identification thing too, you know, and people are going to see that and go, wow, I really get this character and that could be me uh, and we that's what I really wanted to create. But there's a lot of hope there. Um, music and setting are our characters in this film too, so that was important. It's good that you touched on that. And you mentioned songs. I wanted to ask, will you feature more songs by Hannah and the Middle Kids in the film? Well, yeah, we're talking about it. There's a lot of the, see, Hannah writes a lot of the lyrics, a lot of the harmonies, and then Tim, her husband, um, he's really very a musical genius. So, um, And there's a real yin and yang there. He's like the music nerd and she's like, you know, um, you know, the 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 messy rock star of the two, but together they create great music. So <laughs> we've spoken about it. Um, we want to sort of keep the two worlds a little bit different, but we have spoken about it. They're really into it. And what sort of happens naturally is the more we get into the world, the more we get into the character, the more things happen, things just present themselves. So, um, but, you know, it's not going to be a collage of this, like last Christmas, that was out last year, the George Michael kind of, movie where they break into song every two seconds sure um it's gonna be you know sporadic but really natural because her character does actually play in the house a lot um so each night they sort of sit around the tree and she'll she'll play songs and so there's these real raw almost semi acapella moments in this where it's her and a guitar so um she's writing like original songs for that because her character has written some original songs and happens to be some original um, Christmas tunes because um, part of it is part of her journey and part of the plot is the last act. It sort of culminates in a sort of Christmas Eve kind of concert show that she plays at the bar. Um, so she's sort of rehearsing for that and, and a lot of that is to try and impress Chris, the lead actor, and her character is always trying to get 
you know, to impress people and get approval. Um, so there's a lot of sort of father issues that stem from that. But when the famous sort of Chris Flint actor comes into the world, she sees this as an opportunity, you know. So um, and she wants to sort of be endorsed somewhat. So yeah, that's where a lot of the music takes place. But I think we'll use a lot of composed stuff because she's really a trained uh, like composer. So she's a brilliant music, like multi-talented musician, great um, pianist. So wow. compositions are really her thing. She went to one of the elites at conservatoriums so, and she's ended up in a rock band, which happens quite a bit. But, yeah, she doesn't get to show that other side of her. She's, like, super talented and super humble. So there are opportunities for that to happen. Um, and I've also actually been tossing up with the idea of not actually having any any kind of, um, you know, didactic score. So it might all be in-camera stuff with just that rawness again. So. Yes. We're still sort of gelling. Sometimes you'll know in the you know when it comes to post whether that's going to work or not. But yeah, there's a couple of things that I'm experimenting with at the moment. So, but there'll be enough music in there for you know middle kids fans to to get excited by. That's brilliant. I mean, and you actually you all basically answered the next question I was going to touch on, which is in terms of the soundtrack. I guess whether I'd why I'd like to see the question is the tone that you're hoping to achieve. I know the grid and there was rawness, but is there a particular tone that you have in mind? Because there's obviously musical elements in mind. Oh, yeah, there's some, you know, and it's got to be hopeful. It just fits the the moments in the film. There's some, you know, hopeful moments and, you know, rocking Christmas moments and there's some melancholy moments that happen in, and that's where the pathos comes in. So, you know, it, it'll sort of run that gamut of emotions like Christmas does and the music yes. will sort of highlight that as well. Um, and there's a few other musicians that will feature throughout as well. Like there's a character who's like a busker um, and hangs outside the Santa store. So he'll have some um, some songs as well. And I've already heard one, which is really cool. So there will be a fair bit of music. I mean, Chris, it would be, you know, a strange movie if it was a Christmas film and there wasn't any music. But the music's got to just feel real. Like when you hear Christmas sure. songs come on at the shopping centre, in the background or come on the radio in the car, all those sort of things. So it's going to it's gonna just build that sense of place and time and setting and not just, you know, um, I don't know, just bombard the moment somewhat. So. And uh, the last question, because I have enjoyed looking at the musical elements in uh, this discussion we're having regarding Hannah Joy in this role. Um, will there be any Christmas songs? I mean, you've mentioned original, but... Will there be any classic Christmas songs or are we just going to avoid them? No, no, there are. Because one of the hardest things about making an independent film is the music publishing rights are huge. Licensing, no one really gets this. It's massive. It's like almost your whole budget for making the film if you get a couple of songs. So um, in the past, it's, I've always used unsigned bands or I've only had a budget to get a couple of key songs that are going to really set up the film. Um, so you sort of have to, you know, be calcul calculate where and where you can spend. Sure. But that's one of the that's you know one of the beauties of having a bigger budget because um, music is bloody expensive. But um, there, the beauty of a Christmas movie is some of the songs are so old that after um, they become free public domain after like 70, 80 years. So. We've got some things like Santa Claus is Coming to Town and some of those old hymns that are super um, old that we're going to do some 
appropriations with with Hannah and some other guys. So there will be Christmas scenes. Even in the concert at the end, the lead character will get up and sings a version of Santa Claus is coming to town, which is kind of fun. Um, you know, and there's a couple of things, some covers, which I don't know if we'll get the rights to, but I have written like the pretenders um 2000 miles into it as well and um you know some of my favorite christmas tunes are in there we'll just see whether they make it at the end I love we'll it. cry poor to the <laughs> to the labels but they don't seem to care too much but the beauty of it is those real classic christmas numbers are old enough for us to use so that was really cool so we'll be able to build you know um it'll be co- it'll be cool to have those traditional songs playing but you know inverted in a real sort of subversive scene or moments yes. like your typical christmas moment that's what's going to be cool love it i love it um and look and from the middle kids to being stuck in the middle with michael madsen can i get you to share ah. your michael madsen story <laughs> well well i've had death threats from uh from uh old matey seagal from last week so i'm, a bit I'm surprised that we had that reach. <laughs> well, I've heard a few. I've got I've got some uh, stories of Madsen, and I've heard it all um, with Michael Madsen. But um, yeah, I, I can't tell you a a classic. Me and my, I, actually, I did call Michael Madsen up once. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, and he answers the phone, Michael. Um, it's Michael, and because we we're thinking about using him in a role, and he was like. Yeah, he was cool, but then he was like, go straight to the agent. How'd you get my number? And I was like, oh, man, my friend knows you and you learn this. And yeah, so he's, a, he's a character. So I was like, man, I'm just an indie filmmaker, just hustling, you know, and that's what you got to do. So, But he was cool in the end. He was like, yeah, I think I like you. Where are you from? I said, as soon as you say Australia to these guys, they start to go, ah, you're, not a, you're a pretty good bloke. So um, we've got this reputation um, in the US and overseas are being just straight up. So when you when you do something a little bit dodgy, just put your Aussie accent on and people will either think he's all right or he's just clueless because he's from Aussie and there's the down under and backwards. So That's it and they'll, they'll give us a pass. You totally get a pass and you become interesting a bit. It'd be like, this Aussie guy got my number. He wants me to be in his movie. Like, what the hell? So... Yeah. So. And, but when you're saying in this movie, was that for Christmas or was this for another film? I have to ask. No, this this was for another film that didn't get made. Okay. It would have been cooler. This was when, you know, Madsen was doing some good stuff. And it, it can be right, you know. Absolutely. Like anyone, um, you do what you got to do. But, um, yeah, uh, some wild stories. Maybe for the... Um, the after the after hours podcast, we can share some Mad, some Michael Madsen story. I love it. We could do a a a special uh, director's bonus. Um, and, I've, and I've still got his phone number, so we could probably call him <laughs> up during the cars. You know what? We can try and then let's see. We'll see the legalities we'll around it. Yeah, Christmas too. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. It's, this is, I'm having a ball. What I wanted to mention is, um, do you have any new shout outs for local businesses who have pledged or backed a contribution? Uh, well, we've got a few like local businesses that um, are really jumping behind uh, like catering. So we're getting some great opportunities from people sponsoring catering. Daniel knows all about those guys. So when he comes on and does a podcast, he'll be able to do the special shout-outs. Definitely. Um, also, uh, some local barista schools out there that are interested. There's a few sponsors that we're still talking to about potential um, 
sponsorship investment as well. So, um, yeah, we're still open. We're And our crowdfunding's got 28 days to go. Too. That's right. So, it definitely does. Um, it definitely does. But we've got a film. Uh, well, this is big breaking news. We actually have a, a start date for the movie. Oh, okay. I feel like I should do yeah. the Robin Williams headline. Yeah. We're looking at, um, you know, turning the camera over officially on the Monday, the 9th of August. So wow. we'll have a few weeks of pre-production in July. Um, and there's a few big events that are going to happen between now and then, fundraisers slash let the community know all about things. But, yeah, so far um, we've, uh, yeah, we've sort of the Brains Trust have sat down and, and August 9th seems to be uh, – a good start date for a three-week shoot of six days and try and get majority of stuff done in 18 days and then have some pickups, um, the, B, the B-roll, the second unit stuff, they say in yes. Hollywood, um, on some other days. So it'll be skeleton crew. Um, but, right. yeah, that's what we're, so, yeah, it, things, have, um, things are starting to take shape. Wow, that's going to be just non-stop 18 days that that principal photography that's oh, gonna yeah. be killer it's, uh, it's killer where yeah it's um there's no rest for the wicked it's we've done it a few times before and you know this is just the modern world of filmmaking now it's limited time limited money and it's important to anyone who is an aspiring filmmaker um i love that you share this and you're candid with this because you know the there's there are all elements and sometimes it's not glamorous um, and it's about getting the project and the passion that drives you. Um, so, you know, I take my hat off to you and your team. Yeah. It's not glamorous. It's hard work, but you know, it's, it's what you love to do. Then it exactly. doesn't feel like hard work, but you can only be as good as the people you got around you. We've got a great team and crew and we just like each other's company and they're all very talented, but it's all in pre-production. You just can't turn up with those limited time unprepared. So having a vision, boarding and shot listing for your edit, knowing what you need and what you don't need and how the film's going to come together. So, you know, because you use one camera and there's a lot of, you know, risk in that as well. But, um, you know, but you're not second-guessing yourself. There's a lot of confidence and this is how I see the film and this is how it's going to be, um, which, you know, not every filmmaker works like that, but that's how I've always worked, even with short films. It was just... That's how I learned the language because we couldn't afford more than one camera and we're shooting on film stock, so we couldn't afford more than two takes most of the time. So you got to be super prepared um, and super organised for when it's time to turn the camera over because when that film is burning, you can smell the money. <laughs> it's well phrased. Uh, I just wanted to go back and touch that. That um, shoot date, starting shoot date of August 19th, sorry, August 9th, my apologies. Um, so we'll call that a we'll call that a podcast first. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh yes, I just had myself a podgasm. Um, so it's a first until somebody says I can't do that date, and you're like, oh, of course. So scheduling a scheduling a movie. Oh my god! So imagine all these people that you have, and we're on a skeleton crew here with a small cast. And it's still hard to try and get everybody to turn up. Like, think about trying to host a party where you're trying to 
you know, get all the guests to turn up. You'll never find a date where everybody can come, especially as yeah. adults. So, and when they're working and it's busy in Australia at the moment. So trying to schedule the dates that works for everybody is such a difficult thing. Um, so there will be people that, that we want to just can't make that happen. Um, sure. And you really work around the actors because they're the most important person, people in the, in the film. Um, and then, you know, you sort of, hope everybody else can fit with that and if that doesn't happen then there's leg room and you know there's other jobs the actors are on that we're trying to work out yeah and they're and they're all individuals so susan's got to have a work after that steve's got to have a work after that hannah's got a big tour of the u.s that's just been announced in september so you're sort of trying to get everything aligned so um it's it's a tough it, that's hard enough so but i think we've found a found the date that our window that works there's a lot of baubles in the air, shall we say? Oh, constantly, constantly, <laughs> constantly. So, yeah, but that's part of filmmaking. It's stressful. I'm going to go from podgasm to perks. I wanted to look at, um, as we close off here, that uh, focus on the $2,500 ticket item on the Indiegogo campaign titled A Star is Born. Um, it is a fantastic offer. Could I get you, Heath, just very briefly um, to explain that perk? Well, this perk's been quite popular this time around because it allows any actor or non-actor or anyone with that acting um, ambitions to actually be in a scene in the movie opposite the leads speaking. And people drop. What I learned in the past is, and I used to do some of them, is people spend a lot of money recreating show reels, like crappy show reels that are just right. made up, not at like just these random scenes, often like bad ripoffs of famous movies. And I'd be like, well, I need some, and I can get a performance out of almost everybody. I've used non-actors a lot of the time. So there's moments in this film where we need supporting actors and those actors are super dedicated and you have a scene. So not, and the beauty of it is, is you're helping get the film made. You are a part of our family, but secondly, you get to see yourself on the big screen, then on the small screen internationally. These movies play everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and they get nominated for awards, like the actor, the last the last film got nominated. So you're in a legit film and it's a great showpiece for your show reel, especially for serious actors. I know in the past, some of the non-actors that I've cast actually have gone on to do stuff. And that's when I was realized I always wanted to. And it's about giving people an opportunity as well. And, and that's what I never really had growing up where I grew up. And I still don't. I've never had a champion. And everyone I've ever met that has scored on to, I don't know, fame and fortune and whatever has always had some form of champion that helped them unlock doors or yes. sell them or give them leg ups. I've never had a champion. I just know how important it is to do that. Um and I know a lot of actors and a lot of really talented ones that don't get a lot of opportunity. Thinking about doing it, jump on board because the film's going to be great. There's some great characters that we're going to feel. Actually, I write some into the scenes as well once they jump on board and, and I audition the, 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 the candidates or those that are interested and I get to see what their strengths are and we, we mould a character together and from in a key scene. It's, um, it's really cool. Thank you so much. It really is a fantastic perk. And I just want to say for everyone to get in quickly because seven out of the 10 have already been claimed. So there's only yeah, three there's only left. A few. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we can't have a hundred of them because that would be really weird. Um, but yeah, tens, 10 we can have. And 
yeah, and there's still a few characters I know we've got to fill. Um, but sometimes I even change those when it comes to the actor that we have. So, yeah, jump on board. You won't regret it. And look to the listeners, if you have any questions about the film or comments for this show, then please write into diary of a crowdfunded film, one word at gmail.com. And in what is now becoming a tradition, could you tell us, Heath, what would today's journal entry be? Ooh, today's journal entry. What was today? Today was a Tuesday. Um, today was um, a little bit of anxiety because I, I was looking at the crowdfunding and I realised we've hit the less than a month to go. So, um, you know, you always want to try and get as much as you can yes. get, to, which helps. But once it hits the less than a month stage, it starts to get real and you go, oh, my God. And then you just hope for a um, for a surge. And, um, but, yeah, I just had to take a little moment to sort of, sit with that anxiety and go, we're getting close now. We'll be grateful for what we've got. Hopefully we get some more. Um, but, yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll throw it out there. We're hitting the nitty-gritty, folks. And I don't know, um, people are I'm lazy. Other people are lazy that are interested. Just don't delay. Um, jump on now before it's too late because that always happens. Every crowdfunding campaign, I always get people after the event say, oh, my God, I was meaning to do this, but life got in the way and I forgot, can I do this? So. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're 28 days to go. If you're going to pledge, pledge now. Don't forget it. It's super important um, and we really need your help. Um, um, thank you in advance. Well said. Um, look, I want to end off with, um, I, I guess, a way that's befitting to both mothers since we started off um, you know, looking back at Mother's Day, which was past Sunday, and Christmas with this poem from my favourite childhood author, Roald Dahl, and it's, where art thou, Mother Christmas? I really wish I knew. Why fathers should get all the praise and no one mentions you. I'll bet you buy the presents and wrap them large and small, while all the time the dirty swine pretends he's done it all. So hail to Mother Christmas, the uncomplaining slave, and down with Father Christmas, that good-for-nothing knave. That was from Roald Dahl. Um, Perfect. I'll, I'll put this on. It's actually a letter that... Uh, was uh, it's dated the second of October nineteen nineteen. It was it was part of my year four class that our teacher oh, actually were able to write into it. So that's a kind of a treasured possession. Um, yeah. Look, and everyone, in keeping with Christmas law, you can get this podcast on iTunes, on Google, on Spotify, on Deezer, on Stitcher, on Comet, on Cupid, and Blitzen. Thank you again, Heath, for your time. I truly appreciate it, mate. Thank you so much. Can they get this podcast in the North Pole? Uh, well, I'll have to work on that. <laughs> yeah, work on that. I've only got three, but maybe we need 6G to get it out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Until next time, guys, and Heath, thank you. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Crowdfunded Film. Subscribe to hear all future episodes, and if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. For more info, please visit Diary of a Crowdfunded Film on Facebook.